Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And good evening. Welcome to the latest edition of We Got Next. I'm Ricky Hampton with the big fella, former Milwaukee Bucks center, Paul Mokeski. Mo, it's good to be back, man. A little bit on the weather, but I'm off the DL now. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. The, that little family reunion and then a little yeah. uh, setback, but now you're yeah. back. That's all that matters. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I am in the starting lineup tonight. And, and Mo, it's good to see you. Good to talk to you. We've got a lot to catch up on, man. Uh, the, the, the ending of Summer League, and I'm, I want to get your thoughts. Is this like a little quiet time before guys report to camp? Uh, what what's going on there? We got NFL training camps opening up today uh, for a lot of teams. Uh, rookies are reporting in the National Football League. And Mo, what's what's preseason football this year? It just goes, man. We get into the baseball playoffs, regular season, NBA. We all, we're off and running. Mid-season tournament here in Las Vegas. Uh, preseason, mid-season cup. <laughs> Whatever else they go on. Everybody is reporting to NFL camps except running backs, I think, because uh, they are being underpaid and undervalued, uh, I guess. That's what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, that is absolutely crazy. Uh, I mean, what... What do you do? You try to get as much money as you can, right? Because what what people, as a former professional athlete, you understand the business aspect of sports. Yeah, I mean, there's nowhere else to go, right? And, and you know, obviously for the stars and, and the NBA, you know, you're just going to make a ton of money where you're at. But the mid-level and low-level guys in the NBA, they, they, you know, even though they might, you know, they they're going to make a million or two million a year, maybe three million a year. You know, they have options. They can go to Spain, they can go to China, they can go, you know, but in the NFL, you know, you know, Canadian football, XFL, what you, you know, you don't make any money. So you're kind of, you know, in a, a catch 22. So you don't want to be undervalued and you don't want to go into camp underpaid. But at the same time, you got to make a living. And if you're going to sit out and, and uh, do all that, you have no options. And, uh, you know, so at this point, even though you're the best running back in the league, you got to take what they give you and, and maybe try to get on it. If you're not on a, a great team, get on a championship team and win a Super Bowl, get some market, get some advertising money, I guess. Hey, we want to welcome our viewers in. Uh, Steve chimes in. He says, hello to everybody. What's good, buddy? And says, punters are average more than running backs now. Steve, please tell me you're joking about that. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, you know, you got to have a good punter field position. Oh, they are important. Any, any, any now, uh, uh, you know, the running in NFL is split up now. You know, the quarterback runs as much as the running back now. Just look at Mahomes and all those guys. They run as many as as much as running backs now. But you know, I don't know how you can't. Uh, yeah. Want a great running back to open up your passing game? That's the way it used to be. Always be, and, you know. Yeah, now just, they spend all their money on their offensive line now too. Justin Fields led the Bears in rushing last year. He's the quarterback. He yeah. was their leading rusher. Yeah. Well, now it's all 
you know, before, like years ago, offensive line was very underpaid, remember? Those yeah. guys were in the trenches getting paid nothing, you know, and then, you know, the left guard got money, and then now the whole offensive line, you know, is making money, so they got to take that from somewhere, and I guess that's the running back. <laughs> he says it's true. <laughs> it's true. Players are making more than uh, running backs. Uh, you know, I, I still think there's value in that position. Sure. You know, you get a top line running back. He's going to add so much to the offense. He's going to set up everything. I would think so. Uh, I mean, I, it's, uh, yeah, I would think so. I mean, four or five yard pop, and, you know, then you got all kinds of options on, on offense, you know, on second down and third down. You run it on first down, you got, you know, you, now you got, you know, four, four or five yards to the first down, and you got all your options on your whole playbook open. Yeah, uh, Steve's asked this question, and I think I know the answer, but I'm going to let you uh, answer that. What's that? What 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 cap are you wearing? Oh, I'm wearing a, a cap. A friend of mine does a, a, a tryout cap, combine cap for international players here, and it's called Exposure Las Vegas. So that's where mine's from. Yeah, mine is just uh, just an alligator. Uh, I think that's, uh, <laughs> Lacoste, this is one of my golf clubs. Uh, but that was tennis, man. What yeah, it probably is. This probably is. Get, get, a, get a damn titles hat. Come on, Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have I do have a titles cap. I know, you do top of I, I would throw it on. I, I don't have it uh, <laughs> uh, nearby. But, yeah, it's it's always good, man, when, when football comes around because – you know, you got the college game, which is the feeder system to the NFL, and uh, we'll have those guys. Of course, I'm sure Georgia. I haven't seen any polls yet, but I guarantee you, Georgia and Alabama are up there. And you can't forget those Big Ten powers, UCLA, and <laughs> USC. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Or, or the Pac-12 power, Colorado, you know, that's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know Alabama had a terrible season last year, so they, they're probably looking yeah. to come back. And, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm just, okay, you know, like, I catch a lot, you know, Kansas Jayhawks, uh, you know, maybe they'll put together uh, a decent season and, and do something this year. I'd like to see They had, a good, they had a good season last year, didn't, and they started off really hot, didn't they? They started out winning five in a row, but you know how those... You know, people need to understand in college you make your own schedule except when the when the league starts. So you schedule wins in basketball, in football, and you schedule wins. You know, that you pay teams to come in and get trounced. You know? Yeah. You know, I was reading my hometown, Nashville, Vanderbilt, their coach, uh Coach Lee, I think Clark Lee got a three year extension. I believe Vandy won five games last year. That's the way to go, man. That's doing all right. I tell all all college coaches that are thinking about going pro or pro that have an opportunity to go college, go go coaching college, man. You could be 500 and you get a five-year extension. I mean, come on, man. And now they're in basketball, they're talking about, well, they have like 800 bowl games in football. So, you know, unless you're really terrible, you're going to make a bowl game. You can get a bowl game with five wins, right? It right. used to be bowl eligible six, whatever that is. And, you can go, and, you can uh, go four to seven, and if your team has good grades, you can. Yeah. Get yeah and, then, so, and then in basketball, I mean, they're, they're talking about extending the field again. 
know, pretty soon they'll have you like 200 teams in the in the yeah. tournament. So you're a tournament team. <laughs> yeah, and 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 this is all for money, right, Mo? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's a business, and you know, and I think the coaches, quite frankly, coaches vote for that uh, because of that. So if I can win five games and be a bowl coach, I get an extension. If I can get in the NCAA tournament and there's 80 teams, I don't care. I can get an extension. Yeah. So, you know, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so tight ends are on the play. Now they're making – I do remember when tight ends are on the play. I, I remember the big controversy about the guy that was in New Orleans. I can't think of his name now. Because he was saying, hey, this me as a wide receiver. He was <laughs> yeah. so, much big, so many big numbers. Uh I, I'll like, think of his name before the show is over. That's like to, today's basketball. Go to the AAU tournaments. There's a big AAU tournament, big time AAU. It's on ESPN2 last night. Uh, LeBron's son played, losers. Uh, but if you look on the rosters, mm-hmm. even though these guys are 6'11 and 7 foot, they don't want to be listed as centers. They don't want to be listed as wings or forwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as we've talked about many times, and you're absolutely right, Steve, it was Jimmy Graham who just had a great run down in New Orleans as a slash tight end wide receiver with Drew Brees uh, uh, a few years ago. Shoot, what running backs are going to be one to call tight ends? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> call me a tight end. Call me but, but, no, that, you know what? They're, they're missing the boat on that. With the big guys, and uh, it well, when you go back and look at this uh, recent NBA draft, hey, somebody saw uh, Victor Wembiana and said, "Hey, he's a big guy, and we're going to take this dude." Well, let, let's go back and and get your thoughts on the uh, summer league that just concluded uh, out there in Vegas. I know you got a chance to go to a couple of games. You saw the big fella play, and uh, just your thoughts on the summer on the whole summer league in Vegas. Well, one thing let, let's talk, you know, because the, the the talk of everybody in the world is one big armor, and yeah, you know, the first pick in the draft, and you know, let's slow our roll, people. Uh, number one, uh, he's twenty years old, and he's gonna, it's going to take him a long time uh, to get used to the NBA. Not only the physicality, even though he said that the European leagues are more physical than the NBA. Uh, excuse me, Victor, how the hell do you know? You haven't played an NBA game yet. You're playing in the damn summer league. That's not NBA players, sorry. So, so uh, Victor, you need to slow your roll and listen to what you're saying before you say it. After the first game, you had a terrible game, and he said, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing out there. You don't need to vocalize that. You know, <laughs> you can work on that later. but. You know, the guy has seven, five with shoes on. You saw him right there, tip dunk. Uh, Eight-foot arm span, great shot blocker, great touch. Uh, can catch it, finish like right there. But he's, he's going to, his season is going to look just like the summer league. The first game was 17,000 people. I was there. He had eight points, nine rebounds, and five block shots. And, and was dunked on and fell down and turned the ball over. Then uh, two nights later in the second game, he had 27 points, nine rebounds, five blocks. That's what his season is going to look like. So he's going to have games like the first game, and he's going to have games like the second game, and they're going to have to have patience, which Popovich and San Antonio will. 
Now, you know, is it going to be the next LeBron or whatever? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, nobody knows. Uh, ha, you know, he, has he, you know, the IQ and the toughness and mentality uh, to be there? Probably. Uh, does he have the toughness of physicality? Not yet, for sure. So, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, he just ducks in there and he makes a nice turnaround. Someone told him, because I watched the first game and he over-dribbled when he caught it in the post, and they just took the ball from him. And if you looked at this game, whenever he t- caught in the post, he just pivoted and shoot, shoots it, and no one's going to – his his turnaround jump shot is like Kareem Skyhook. No one's going to touch it. So, uh, you know, you know, it's, he's got this range. He's got three-point range. Um, he did brick shots up in the first game. But, you know, time is going to tell. It's going to take time. And, you know, he's going to hit the wall at 50 or 60 games. And, you know, he's going to have his ups and downs. And, you know, I'll tell you right now uh, – if I'm a betting man, I, I take Chet Holgram over one beyond me for a rookie of the year next year. I'll put all my house on that. If I had that bet, I'd put my house on uh, uh, Chet Holgram over one for a rookie of the year. We're, we're watching some of Chet right now. Hey, what, what, do, you, what do you like about uh, Victor, and what would your concerns be? Well, my concerns is his strength, obviously, and his ability and his rebounding is not good at all. Uh, you know, I, he's not a very good rebounder. and He doesn't rebound out of his area like he should. He's not as aggressive. He's a good offensive rebounder, not a good defensive rebounder. Um, you know, over dribbling and trying to overthink it and, and not keeping it simple. Those are my main concerns. So, you know, and fatigue that first game. Even though it was a sellout and, and, you know, all the expectations were there, he got tired in two or three minutes. He could not play four straight minutes. So I'm worried about his stamina and uh, his rebounding. Where you look at Chet Holcomb right there, I've seen him play, and I've seen him play in in the Utah uh, Summer League. He's blocking shots uh, like guys going in for dunks. He's reaching up with two hands and blocking shots. That's hard to do and not foul. And, uh, you know, he can finish on the run. He's got good hands. He's got a good handle. He's got three-point range. You know, and he's put on a whole 12 pounds, but that's 12 more than one beyond us. So, you know, I see him as if he doesn't get hurt. And OKC is, I think they're going to be really good this year. If they play him enough, he's going to have the numbers to be rookie of the year, I think. And, and Mo, how valuable even though he didn't get to play last year, just being in that environment. Oh, it's, it's, it's unbelievably valuable. I mean, you know, you're around the team, you're lifting with strength and conditioning guys, you're, you're getting your, um, uh, uh, you know, your food and stuff correctly. You know, you're, you're in an NBA uh, environment. You are, you're still around young guys at OKC, so you still have some fun. But you're in the NBA level, 82 game grind. Even though he didn't play, he still travel with the team and you know try to practice with the team. It was around that environment. That's that's very valuable. Yeah, yeah. And and your thoughts on the uh, on on summer league as a whole? The uh, Cleveland Cavaliers are your summer league champs. <laughs> so let me tell you this. In 12 years of the LA summer, uh, Vegas Summer League, like it is, or 12 or 15 years, the uh, champions of the Summer League 
that team has gone on to win 50% of their games twice. <laughs> Winning seasons twice. Winning the summer league is a bad omen. And that means your best players are young and not ready yet. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you, know, you still want to compete and win and do all that. It's not stupid, though. I, I saw that part of the championship game, and you know, it was a blowout, and, and they did a good job. And Mobley, uh, uh, Evans, young Evans' brother, who's not as good, really, he got MVP and played really well. But for God's sake, you win the summer league and you get championship rings? Get the hell out of here! That's a joke. I mean, I saw they look like NBA rings. Get it. Summer league ring? Come on, man. That's that's terrible. That shows where the basketball is. That shows you know the participation trophy. I mean, if I was a player and I was an NBA player and I had a summer league ring, I would give that to my child or something. Here, take that to school. I'm not wearing. I'm never wearing this ring. <laughs> you know what? That I, I hadn't thought about that, Paul. But that that's a great point because it means absolutely nothing. No, but, you know, you did good. You, you, okay, you don't, you shouldn't have a big-ass championship ring. That's a joke. <laughs> you know what that comes from, though? Look at the AAU tournaments. Look at a Little League Baseball. They all get rings now, and they all get, like, these belts and stuff. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm absolutely uh, with you on that, uh, Paul. <laughs> I will have Keeping with the summer league, a couple impressions I got. The the Thompson uh, twins, uh, uh, Amen and uh, Asur, uh, I yeah. sat with the grandmother during one of their games. And uh, I, was a, I was skeptical because, you know, they were playing against high school kids this year in that, um, in that uh, system Ignite. over in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. No, they weren't with Ignite. Ignite is the G League. They were with the other... Uh, they were in Atlanta playing with high school kids. So that's a totally different thing. You know, Scoot Henderson played with in the Ignite against men. The uh, Thompson Twins played against kids. Yeah, uh, I forget so, where they played. Yeah, it's not called Undiscovered or something. I, I don't know. Kevin Ollie runs it. And, but anyway, so I was skeptical about them coming in. But when I watched them play, they are pretty NBA ready now. They're really athletic, really competitive, play really hard, go to the basket strong, they're not scared. Um, you know, they're, they're not, you know, they're, they're going to learn, you know, they're going to get out physical too. But they, both of those twins impressed me. Um, Brandon Miller struggled this year, really struggled in Salt Lake City, played better here in Las Vegas. Uh, I thought he was uh, NBA ready. Uh, he was terrible on defense. Uh, couldn't guard a quick and roll, couldn't guard quicker uh, players. He's going to have to learn that quick speed in the NBA to get any playing time. It was uh, overtime elite, no? Over, overtime elite, yeah, that's in Atlanta. So they play against other high school players, you know. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you mentioned Brandon Miller, a, a, little, a little bit more on him. He had a couple of good games. Yeah, he was terrible in Utah. Um, he had like eight points, six points, uh, had eight fouls, I think, eight or nine fouls. You can't foul out in summer league um, because he couldn't guard anybody. He, they were just blowing by him, and and and, and uh, he couldn't guard pick and rolls. In Las Vegas, he got his feet under him. Uh, he was a lot better. He 
here in Las Vegas, but that defensive end, uh, he's going to have to get his acting gear really quick because uh, he ain't playing in the NBA. Uh, he ain't playing, uh, you know, Wiggins or, uh, you know, any of those guys. Like, you know, Clay Thompson, that's not who you're guarding. Wait till you just have to guard those guys. You know? yeah. Paul, anybody under the radar that stood out to you? No, I think under my radar was the Thompson twins. I mean, those, those guys were impressive. Um, well, I, I really like the sewer who's here in Detroit. He's a little bit of, uh, did a little bit of everything. Yep. Yeah. He's he's a good three and D, and they play defense too. I mean, uh, I I, uh, I was like I said, I was sitting with my grandmother watching the Pistons play, and uh, I just complimented her on uh, you know they're they definitely had a great upbringing because they're very respectful, play very hard. Uh, don't showboat or anything unnecessarily. I really like the way they play. I think you can enjoy watching them in Detroit this year. Hey, let's get into some of this uh, uh, free agency. Um, these guys, the teams are beginning to take shape a little bit. <clears throat> One guy who is still out there, Mo, and I was reading today, uh, it, it looks like the Chicago Bulls and Los Angeles Lakers are the front runners for Christian Wood, 16, 6, 11, forward, can shoot, rebound, and even block a couple of shots. He's not a great, not known for his own ball defense, but he can come over and disrupt shots. I mean, that, to me, I, I think the Lakers have improved uh, this year. Uh, you know, they re-signed uh, Pachamora and Reeves, which they had to do. Uh, and then they picked up Gabe Vincent uh, and put in there as a rotation guy, which is really nice. Uh, but if they could add um, Woods as a big and take the pressure off of AD, you could play AD, Woods, and LeBron at the same time. All 6'9 or taller, all long, all athletic. Uh, I think that would be a huge hit for the Lakers. Um, and I think if I was his agent, and I had the choice. I don't know what money is. It's probably pretty similar. Uh, and I got a chance to go to the Lakers and be a part of that group and maybe make a run at this thing or be in Chicago. I'm taking the Lakers because, I mean, you just look at him. He blocks shots. He can run the floor. He can hit a three. He can spread the floor. He's the guy that, you know, I think – like, if you look at Golden State, they don't have anybody taller than 6'10 on their roster. How are they going to beat Denver? How are they going to guard the Joker? You know, I don't understand that. And this guy could do that. And, uh, you know, he's a very skilled player. I think Dallas was a little frustrated with his attitude, I think, a little bit. Uh, people don't understand that. Playing with someone like Luka that, that handles the ball all the time, over dribbles. Luka's a great passer now, but he dribbles, dribbles, dribbles. It's frustrating for players to play with a player like that, especially a big like Woods, uh, who relies on people to pass him the ball so he can score. So uh, I think he got a little down. Uh, I think they got down on him. But you put him with the Lakers, uh, I, I like that group right there. And and then not only that, you had Luka, then you had Kyrie come over. So, <laughs> so that was even less touches. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> you might want that. Yeah, what? 
Where was I? I was, well, I was at a tournament or something the other day, and I saw a big guy that was getting frustrated because all he's doing is he's running down, down a back, down on defense, down on offense. And I said, you feel like you're running sprints, don't you? Because you never touch the ball. You're just running the whole time. You never touch the ball. You might as well just be running sprints. So I think those guys feel like that sometimes playing with those guys. And, and that's you know, I'm, I'm looking at some of these uh, Mavericks highlights, and they're highlights of wood, but they show even in these highlights of wood, you can see Luca with the ball just just banging it, and he, he gives them up in this situation. Yeah. But, but, but I still don't see how that works with, with him and Kyrie. I, I, that's, that's, that's as bad as having Westbrook with the Lakers. How bad that was? To me, that's what Kyrie is. I mean, Ky Kyrie's there. better than Westbrook. Yeah, but it's the same. It's, I'm talking about the fit, not about the player. Okay. Westbrook, Westbrook never fit with the Lakers. He, he needs to handle the ball. He can't shoot. He's, he doesn't spread the floor, floor for anybody, let alone LeBron. He just didn't fit. Kyrie doesn't fit with Dallas. He's a great player. He's kind of a knucklehead, I think. But he can score and dribble and pass. and Hell yeah. But that's what Luka does. So yeah. there's only one basketball. Sorry. So, you know, no matter what they say and how they say it, it still doesn't fit. There's just two guys that don't fit. It's just, you know, the great teams, like, let's look at the Bucks when they won it all, right? They had uh, uh, Holiday, who's the point guard. They had Middleton, who was a wing. They had Giannis, who's a four that can run the floor. And they had Lopez as a five. All different positions. All did different stuff. You get guys that do the same thing, it, you know, it just, just doesn't work. And now you get guys that do the same thing, have the ball in their hand the whole time. It definitely doesn't work. You know? Yeah, so I, I I don't see them making this. I don't see how they make themselves better with uh, uh, the, you know, bringing back Kyrie. Uh, they got a couple other guys. They signed Grant Williams from uh, Boston. Uh, good, solid guy off the bench. But... Uh, yeah, and they signed Seth Curry, a shooter. Okay. So, yeah. you know, but, but again, I mean, so here's their roster, right? Luca, Kyrie, Hardaway Jr., Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and Kleber. That's that's their roster. And JaVel McGee, who's almost as old as me. That's their roster. <laughs> they didn't make the playoffs last year. How do you think they're gonna make the playoffs now? You know Especially in the West. Yeah, I mean, Luca and Kyrie were hurt, you know. So if they stay healthy, they'll be better than last year. So they'll make the playing game. What's the point? I mean, you know, you're looking at Golden State. You're looking at uh, the Suns. You're looking at the uh, returning champions, Denver. Well, I think got worse. You're looking at the Lakers. You're looking at the Clippers. You're looking at Minnesota. You're looking at Sacramento. Uh, you're looking at OKC. Who's going to surprise some people this year? I mean, you know, so you just, you know, you're spending third. You're spending seventy-seven million dollars next year on Luke and Kyrie. Yeah. Seventy-seven and, million and, for what? And more. Think about. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I was just going to say, and think about the Thunder were forty and forty-two last year. Then they got old. They got more experience. Chet Holgram is back, so there's a big for you. Uh, you know, they're only going to get better, and uh, you know they could. You know, trade deadline, add someone really key because they have like 800 draft picks. 
in the next five years. I mean, they have a zillion draft picks. So you could, you could, you could, you could package a couple firsts and three or four seconds and get a really good piece for you, a veteran guy that can make you get a run in the playoffs and maybe, maybe get up to fourth or third spot. Man, and their front office is pretty good that way. So. You know, I kind of agree with Steve the way Dallas finished the season last year. They, they weren't happy. They didn't fit. I mean, you know, in the NBA, you have to, to win a championship. You have to have talent. You have to have coaching staff, coach, head coach that, that knows how to use the talent. Uh, you have to get lucky with injuries and some wins. and You have to get lucky. Uh, uh, you have to stay healthy. And then you have to get along. How did was Denver the best team in the league last year? Were they better than the Bucks? Were they better than the Celtics? Were they better than even the Lakers? Were they better than Golden State? Not really. They just got along better. No, they're really, really good. And they had good pieces that fit together. But they liked each other. That's another part of it. You're 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 in business for eight months. You spend more time with your teammates and coaching staff than you do your own family, and in hotels and flights and and uh, all that stuff. So if you, I'm sorry. I mean, there's t- uh, you know the old bad boys. Nobody like nobody on no none of, no teammates except Rick Mahorn like uh, Lambeer, and probably no teammates uh, except Lambeer like uh, Isaiah, and they got championships. Okay, but that's hard to do and not and very rare. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and speak, speak, I, I'm so glad you talked about the time you spend together during the NBA season. Um, Draymond Green, you, you, you know, at the beginning of last year, had the infamous run-in with Jordan Poole where he just punched him, and and Draymond was on a show to, uh, today, a couple of days, maybe yesterday, and, and said, I just don't hit people. Uh, dialogue, of course, happens over time, and you usually ain't just triggered by something that fast to that degree. This is a team, you know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody on my team triggering me in an instant. We know stuff you don't say amongst men. We know things that you have to stand in. So, so Mo, break down to us what you think happened there and how it is the, the time you spend with a team, like Draymond was just saying, during the 82-game season, and for teams like you played on, get another month in the playoffs. Two months. Yeah. I mean, if you go, if you go to the championship, you play two months, 10-month season. Yeah. So let's, let's before we rewind, let's, let's go where we're at now. So I believe that – uh, Golden State knew there was a problem. They knew, number one, they knew the old guard, uh, Draymond, Clay, Curry, Looney gets along with everybody, uh, the old guard, and then you have the medium guard with Wiggins, right? Uh, and then you have the young guard, Kaminga, Poole, those guys. The younger guard was not getting along with the older guard. There was some friction there. You know, the old guard wanted, we need to keep doing what we do. We won four championships, damn it. We're going to keep doing what we do and, and shut up and get in line. And then the new guard saying, wait a minute, you guys get old. 
you know, we got to fill in some spots here. You got to let us be part of this too, and maybe do some things a little different. So that was a problem. Uh, and at the end of the year, in my opinion, when I was watching these games, and I think Golden State was up in the air after they lost in the playoffs of what they were going to do. Are we going to go back and rerun it with uh, Draymond Green, who we love and is part of the uh, culture, and we've won championships? However, he's a head of the, he's a headache. He's a pain in the ass. He's a pain in the ass for other teams for sure, which is good. He's a pain in the ass for our teammates. He's always on them. I mean, he and KD never got along, right? So, do we want to do that again? Draymond's skills are deteriorating as you get older. He still can perform at a high level, but he's not performing like he was three or four years ago. So do we want to stick with him? Or the other choice is at this point when the punch happened and all that stuff went down, or do we want to stay with Poole, who has had great games for us, uh, has a great talent, really fits in with what we do. Um, however, he's inconsistent. And at the, end of la at the end of the year, when I watched them play the Sacramento Kings, I saw Poole on the bench and in the huddles acting like an ass. He was, like, looking all over. He was not part of the thing. He was laughing. He was doing stuff that I wouldn't appreciate. And guess what? When the coach watched that and the general managers watched that, they see that stuff on video, even if they don't see it in the game. So... Because of his actions and inconsistency, especially in the playoffs, the Warriors picked Draymond Green. And they let Poole go, and they paid Draymond, but uh, Poole's uh, trade was a salary dump. Uh, you know, they got Chris Paul probably for a year, maybe a year and a half to be a, uh, a point guard off the bench, which I think he's going to do pretty well at. But they made that decision, and Poole didn't do himself any favors by acting like that. Uh, but when Draymond throw a punch like that in practice, uh, in practice, you're going to get pushing matches. You're going to get a couple punches thrown. But if you're running at a guy and really, if that punch would have landed the correct way, you could have really hurt him and maybe ended his career. Maybe. Break an orbit bone, do all kinds of stuff. When you do that, there's no coming back from that. You can argue, you can have problems, you can even fight, uh, even in the locker room or on practice court. But if, when you do something like that, and everybody saw it, it was replayed 800 times, there's no, you know, we shook hands and we said, no, sure they did, but they never, they never got past that, and their team never got past that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 hear, you. I hear you on that, uh, Mo. And, and, and now they have Chris Paul, and they're not going to be a very big team, but on the offensive end, Mo, they're going to be a problem, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, they are, they want to do things like they always have, but uh, back in the day, they had some seven footers, right? That's some seven foot centers, right? Yeah. Uh, now they're all six, nine or smaller. Now they picked up. Uh, Dario Savic uh, here, which is a good pickup. He's 6'10", but he's only 220 pounds. I mean, he's going to help offensively, but he can't guard like a joker. Uh, so, but I mean, if you look at their roster, they have Curry, Clay, Chris Paul, Wiggins, Draymond Green, 
Peyton the second, Looney, Kaminga, and, and uh, 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 Sarge, Dario. That's a heck of a team offensively, but there's no size. You have no size. I mean, I'm sorry, but if I'm a GM, I'm going to go find someone, even like a, a, a Leonard or a Plumlee or someone like that that's 70, 260 pounds that can go in and guard the Joker for 15 minutes, 20. I'm going to find that guy, you know? And now I have, so Looney can't guard him, but he can guard him a little bit, drain him a little bit, but we got a big guy that we can throw in there and, and shake things up. That's what I used to do. But they yeah. just haven't done that, and I don't know in this late in the game if they can. I I, I think Plumlee is a really good player. I mean, he's a perfect fit. I mean, he, he's, he's a, in this in this day and age, he costs you nothing. Two million, big deal. Yeah. I mean, to you and me, it is, but to an NBA team, two million. I mean, shoot. Yeah. I don't understand why teams don't get find guys like that. Shoot, you don't even have to play him for six months. Start playing them at the end of the season to get ready for the playoffs. That's what you do. I mean, that's what you're going to do with Chris Paul, too, right? Uh, I think Chris Paul. I mean, you're going to play him more than that, I know. Yeah, but, but yeah, but he's not going to overplay. He's going to get ready for a playoffs. They're going to see. Should we put it? Should, I mean, Chris Paul is one of the best passing point guards, true point guards out there, really, even though he's older. So if you, his defense is lacking. So. That's the problem. Playing he and, and uh, Curry together is a problem because they both, both can't guard anybody. Uh, but yeah. on, the offensive, on the offensive end, uh, Chris Paul is a distributor. Here you go, Steph. Here you go, Clay. Here you go, whoever. Here you go, everybody. Yeah, if you open, you're going to get a happy guy, you know? And, yeah. you know I, and he can make shots. Here's what he's going to help him. If he's in shape and not hurt, because I'm telling you, I've seen him many, many times. Uh, uh, in the fourth quarter, take over a game and shoot his pull up and make a three and pass the ball. Uh, he can he can take over a fourth quarter for you when you need him. You know, yeah. take some of the pressure off those other guys. So you know. But I like what Steve says uh, with, with Clay and with all due respect from coming back from those injuries. I mean, he's an older guy. He is not the same player. And as good as Chris can still be, he's not the same player. So, so as good as who is? Oh, Chris? Yeah, I mean, no, they're not the same player, but uh, you got to remember. It's still very good. Yeah, I mean, can Clay go off and hit six threes in a row? Yeah, yes, he can. Can Chris Ball take over a fourth third? Yes, he can. And here's the other thing that people forget. Wiggins was out for like three months. Yeah. One of, their best player, one of their top two players uh, two years ago was out for three months. And he, you know, hopefully he's back. So, but I just think size is going to hurt Golden State in the end when he gets down to it. Hey, hey Mo, uh, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, James Harden wants to be traded. Man. Really? That's surprising. I mean, he, he doesn't have a history of that. I mean, yeah. you know, that's not his mo. You know why? You know, and you know how he words it too. You know, not like not like uh, Lillard. You know, I, I like a trade. I demand a trade. I demand a trade again. <laughs> and and uh, MB kind of got in some hot water with the Philly fans, saying, "I want to win a championship, whether it's here in Philly or somewhere." 
I, I just want to win. That's not a big deal to me. I get what he was saying. I mean, come on, man. Everything like uh, TikTok, Instagram, blah, 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 whatever you say. Yeah. And, you know, uh, how can you – I want to win a championship. I don't yeah. care where it is. That's a, to me, that's good. I mean, then then it's up to uh, Daryl Morey and everybody in that organization to put some damn players around them that are ready to win. And I'm sorry, but even though James Harden led the league in assists last year, he still over dribbles. He still was a, a flop in game six and seven in the playoffs. And so at this point, we need to get what we can for him because guess what time it is? It's time for addition by subtraction. So you get rid of somebody that doesn't really fit in, that's a headache, and you add people that want to be there and want to do what you want to do, and you get better. And guess what? You know, you, know, you, you still have, uh, you know, you still have Maxi, who is really an underrated guy that I think is really good. Um, you still have Bye. Harris. You still have enough players uh, you know, to compete and maybe add a couple guys just like Denver did, right? I mean, Denver had role guys that stepped up. So, but Mo, but Mo, we've talked about this before with Harden. I mean, he's a future Hall of Fame player, right? He'll go to yes. the Hall of Fame. In there. Yes. One of the prolific scores in the history of this game. Prolific score. And he just led the league in assists. But what he does really does not translate to games. Well, not today's game either. I mean, you know, let's face it. I mean, I saw, I saw somewhere this morning with my Starbucks, I was watching the old game. It was the Bucks against the Pistons in 85. You know, and, uh, you know, I, I was watching it. And, you know, when I was with the Bucks, I mean, and even back then, Cindy Moncrief, Paul Pressey, Terry Cummings. They get all the shots. And Ricky Pierce off the bench. That's it. And everybody else gets their shots when, they want, when, when they're there. I think I got three shots that game. I played probably 25 minutes. Um, you know, even the Pistons. You know, Isaiah Thomas, and Bill Lambeer, and Vinnie Johnson. They get all the shots. That's the way it is. You know, the Celtics, you know, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Parrish. Uh, Dennis Johnson and Danny Ainge gets whatever left over. It's not like that anymore. All the other role, all, all the players in the league now think they should get 20 shots a game. And that's a problem. You know, so, you know, so you can't play like Harden or I don't care how many assists you have. You, you, lit, you had 12 assists a game because you had the ball in your hands for 80%, 80 possessions. I mean, you, know, so, you know what? That's a great. That's why, that's why, that's a great point. That's really not a lot when you think about how much he has it. He has the ball 80 out of 110 for the 20 possessions, easy. So like I was, I was watching uh, some highlights of another game. Clearly I'm retired and have nothing to do but watch YouTube highlights. Hey, hey. And they were talking about um, uh, Kobe Bryant's 81 point game, right? 81 points. He shot 49 times and 23 throws. If I shot 49 times and had 23 throws, I wouldn't get 80, but I bet I could get 50 to 60. <laughs> I mean, it's all relative, right? 
Hey, somebody, somebody's got to shoot it. <laughs> That's what Kobe was saying. Well, yeah, but if I get to shoot it whenever I want, however I want, you know, I mean, you know, that it's all relative. So, you know, uh, the fact that, you know, Daryl, they're playing hardball now. Daryl Morey wants a good deal. He wants a great player and a draft pick for Harden. Guess what? Nobody's giving them up, right? Eventually, they're going to have to take what they're going to take. Yeah. And if it's a really good player and a first-round pick, guess what, Daryl? You should take it. Because yeah. then you have a player. Remember when they? Remember we talked about this on the show a couple of years ago when uh, Philly was playing and Ben Simmons, what was in his funk? And he, he was gone. So yeah. he's on your roster, but he's not playing. So there's a hole there. Yeah. So if you have Harden, who doesn't want to be there, I guarantee if he's still there in the training camp, he's going to come in like to Chucky Harden. You know, yeah. that's going to be a detriment to your team. Get rid of them. Get someone that's going to be a positive. And make a run for this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, he, he is a strange uh, player to uh, to really evaluate, and and I just I don't see his value being that high. It's not anymore. I mean, look, over the last year, some some great and good players that have become more headache than they're worth. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, yeah. uh, Zion, uh, ben, Simmons, ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. I mean, it's like, why? What? <laughs> it's just yeah. become better. And, and, you know, we were talking about Wood earlier. The one thing I respect from the way LeBron plays, that dude is smart enough to see, man, we got a guy they can't guard. He will make sure that guy gets opportunities to score. Yeah. yeah, LeBron LeBron catches a lot of crap, but even back when he was young and and, and uh, people like Charles Barkley or other people were giving him crap for passing instead of taking the last shot, you know, stuff like that. But he was making a basketball play, the correct basketball play. You know, so you want LeBron to take a shot with three people on him rather than pass it to somebody else that, even though they're not as good as him, they can shoot. They're in the NBA, damn it. They can shoot, you know? I mean, did did you want, are you on Michael Jordan who passed to Paxton to win a championship and Paxton passed to Steve Kerr instead of taking the shot? No. But they do that about LeBron all the time. That's wrong. And I mean. I mean, that's just, that's the way he played. That's. I mean, I don't, I don't like the, I like the way LeBron plays most of the time. I don't like his flopping. I don't like him bailing out and taking three pointers when he should take it to the basket. Uh, I don't like the way he moves around. You know, I'm leaving Cleveland and going to Miami, and then going back to Cleveland, and then going to LA. Don't like that. Um, but I respect his competitiveness, his love for the game, his willingness to play the right way. Uh, you know, and win. I mean, there's no he's, – he's, he won, what, two in, in Miami, one in Cleveland, one in L.A. or something? Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he wins because, like, <laughs> you just said it, Ricky. He lets other guys shine. He wants Anthony yeah. Davis to, to succeed. He wants Reeves. and He wants those guys to succeed, and that's that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I His understanding of the game is – is one of the most uh, impressive things about him. Hey, let's talk about another guy 
because he could go to us end up being an impact on the team. And you know who I'm talking about. Uh, uh, Damian Lillard finally wants out of Portland. And we still – are we – is he going to finish this year in Portland? No. I don't think so. I think I think the deal can get done. It's complicated because there's two things that hinder that. Number one, he's limiting the places he wants to go to, right? But even though he, had, he, he doesn't have a no trade, so you're going to go where they send you eventually. But then the perception of, of Portland doing them wrong. And then his salary, I think he's making $48 million or $50 million. So and he gets a $63 million player option in 26-27. Yeah, so, but next year you, you have to trade equal for equal. So you can't trade a $50 million guy for, you know, a $15 million, $15 million guy. Or even a twenty minute, it doesn't work. So that's why you got to throw in draft picks and all that stuff. So, you know, if I'm looking at what makes sense and where he wants to go is Miami, and it would it'd be up to Miami. Uh, you know, if, if I'm Miami, first of all, I would approach Portland with, hey, how about uh, Duncan Robinson, who makes eighteen million and three first round draft picks, and uh, uh, Caleb Martin. You know, and they're gonna they're gonna say no, thank you, which I think they've already done. Then I'm gonna have to make a hard call. Okay, how about Tyler Hero and two first round picks and uh, Thomas Bryant or someone like that? Because Tyler Hero makes twenty seven million dollars a year. Yeah, and so he's he, can, he signed hundred and twenty uh, million dollars. Yes. So he's he a good can, player, though, Paul. What's that? He's a good player, though. Sure, I mean, he is. But it, is is David Lillard a good player? Yeah. Who would you want? Who would, who would you want better? More David Lillard. I mean, oh. yeah. I want David so, Lillard. so you're gonna have to make the choice now. David Lillard's older, right? Girls younger. <laughs> he was hurt last year, but you're gonna have to make a choice, right? So we got we got Butler, we got Bam, we got Lowry. Uh, you know, we got Love. You know, we got guys. We're gonna have to make a run in the next two years. You know, we got to the final, but kind of a fluke, if you ask me. I mean, but they beat, I'm telling you, they beat the Bucks and they beat Boston. So, um, but you got to make a decision. Okay, are we going to go for it in the next two years? And if we are, then we got to give up Tyler Hero and some first-round picks and somebody else can do it. But you still need a big, they still need a big. Hey, hey, Mo, do you think the salaries hinder, could it be you could just trade a guy for a guy now? Should, should, should we have a salary cap? Well, if you don't have a salary cap, then uh, the Lakers or, yeah. and, and okay. they're going to win every year. Denver, if we have a salary cap, Denver will never win a championship. Milwaukee will never win a championship. They never will. OKC will never win a championship. Yeah. Phoenix will never win a championship. You know, because they, they, if you let if you let billionaire owners to, you know, pay. I mean, let's face it. I mean. The the salary cap is 135 million, right? Uh, the yeah. first threshold is 168 million, and the highest is 180 million. But that's going to cost you with with penalties. Going to cost you 250 million, which, by the way, is what Golden State spent to win the championship. They spent 230 million dollars. But if you let owners like Bomber or somebody, even though they made bad decisions, I think, but you let them, okay. Uh, we can play. We can pay Curry sixty million, and we go. We, 
you know, we go get uh, Butler for sixty million, and then we could get uh, you know Giannis for seventy million. Yeah. You know, so the salary cap is there for a reason, but some teams are better at using it than others, and Miami is really good at using it. Um, so you just, you know, and that's, you know, you can't, you don't, right now you don't have to trade equal for equal, but it has to be very similar. So that's why, you know, okay, uh, we're trading for a $50 million guy. Here's a $30 million and here's two first rounders and eight second rounders that are worth whatever, who cares, throw them in there. And then that makes it work. <laughs> yeah, I, I got you. I got you. I mean, that, that was put in there years ago years ago because of the you know the hot the, the big market teams and they make tons more money like la new york you know let's say milwaukee they have a local deal on tv right so their tv deal they have the nba deal with espn and all that but they also have local like detroit does they have local yeah. games right yeah. so let's say in milwaukee your tv deal is uh $20 million for the season. Okay. Well, in New York, that deal is worth, that TV deal is $150 million. And in LA, it's $120 million. So how do you compete with that? No, you're right. You're right. And that's why the NFL has it. I mean, just, because, you, yeah. you know, Dallas would, you know. I mean, because of the uh, salary cap somewhat uh, lack of, and because of lack of movement, uh, that's why in the 80s, you always had the Celtics, uh, you had the Lakers, you had the Rockets, you had the Pistons, right? Those are, those are the teams in the 80s, right? 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. and, and people uh, got tired of watching that all the time. And if you own the league, how do you sell Milwaukee or Denver? Hey, you're going to pay blah, blah, and this amount, it's going to cost you hundreds of millions. But you'll probably never make a championship. But hey, <laughs> join us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, You'll never have a friend. I, I remember Mo hitting free throws in Milwaukee. I saw with my own eyes and Don Nelson clapping with that famous fish tie. <laughs> Mo, you were a good free throw shooter. Uh, Shot like 70, 75 during the season, 85 during the playoffs. Yeah. I, I don't know if you that as a. Playoff game against the Celtics, I made two free throws with three seconds left to put us into overtime in a game we won, actually. I remember that. It, now, it, is that when uh, Luki uh, jumped up in your <laughs> Yep, that's that's where that picture in my office was. So it got yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to find that and play that, uh, guys. So y'all tune in. I'm going to I'm gonna do a, a YouTube search. And that, that is a it's, great, on, it's on there. That is a great... Uh, that's a great shot. Hey, any final thoughts, Mo? Uh, I just, I'm pretty depressed because there's no real basketball. Actually, there is. If really? any out there basketball fans want to watch real good basketball, the TBT tournament is on right now. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> TBT is a tournament that's played during the summer by high-level pros, and it's winner-take-all for a million or for one million or a million and a half dollars, the winning team gets all of it, and uh, it's really good basketball. It's on tonight on uh, ESPN Plus. It's on this weekend on ESPN Two. Uh, like to, uh, Syracuse usually has a team of alumni that play; they do well.
Kansas is playing as we speak, uh, Wichita State, all these uh, uh, teams that, you know, all the players from college, whatever happened to, they didn't, they didn't make it to the NBA for very long. Whatever happened to them? Well, they're playing high level in Europe somewhere and they come back and try to play and win this million dollars. Every player usually makes about $90,000 to $110,000 for uh, three weeks. So if, you, if, you're, if you're hurt for basketball right now, there's where to go. Also, uh, Team USA uh, starts training here in two weeks in Las Vegas, and they're playing in the Worlds uh, that start at the end of August. Uh, you know, they're going to play Spains and Frances and all those. Uh, they're taking that B team. They're taking – actually, I think Plumlee's playing in that as a center. Um, and Lopez, I think. And, you know, but it's the younger NBA guys that they're trying to work into the next set of Olympians when Curry and those guys, you know, phase out. These guys will be there. But they're going to have tough competition because they're going to play against the Spains and the Frances and the – Italy, you know, teams with top level, Serbia with Joker probably playing. So there's some more basketball for all you basketball nuts like me out there. The, the, days of, the training camp. The days of just showing up and winning the world uh, title, those days are long gone, huh? I think, I, I, I think they broached this, but I think it would be really good for the All-Star game next year to have USA players play against uh, non-USA players. In the All Star game, you know you have Lucas and Jokers and uh, you know Giannis, you know play against the LeBrons and the Currys and the and the uh, you know and the uh, ADs and all that. That would be that would be an interesting. Anything is better than what they're doing now. Man. Yeah, it's terrible. And this will be a little flavor for them. I mean, yeah. Hey, know, hey, Mo, uh, Adam Silver, Commissioner Adam Silver. Uh, talked about new franchise coming into the league and you've been telling us for the last two years the nba is coming to milwaukee i mean to uh las vegas and guess what city he mentioned well uh, las vegas and seattle i mean mean, that's been known for a long time um i think covid year uh year and the recovery COVID year put that back a couple years i think if that doesn't happen there's probably a team in vegas and seattle next year but he's putting it off for, I think, three more years uh, to get that going. And I think they'll have Seattle and Las Vegas join the West. And I think they'll move Minnesota to the East like they should be in the East. Uh, and then it'll be a balanced league. Um, you know, I, uh, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how that, that works out. But the other thing is the reasoning behind that is the current NBA TV deal uh, which is $8 billion, whatever it is, is over uh, in two years. And uh, he, I don't think he wants to add teams till that is over. And so I think that's two or three years, and that's when, you know, I, I think I know, of, I know of three groups vying for the Las Vegas market, um, LeBron's group and a couple other groups. It's going to be interesting to see who wins that. I was talking to someone the other day who was in a group, and uh, they tried to buy a team to move it here years ago. And hey, Ron, I'm going through my wallet. Me and you ought to get a group together. I got uh, a, No, we don't. <laughs> so, I got a two dollars and seventy-five cents. Three three years ago, four years ago, to buy a team and move it to Vegas, it would cost three billion dollars. To get one of these new teams, it's going to cost over five billion dollars. So the market has changed. 
Um, but it's going to be, there's going to be, the demand is going to be huge. It's going to be a battle for that. Here's the thing. I think, and I'm not so sure. I used to know. I think it used to, if you, if you wanted to, uh, uh, apply, really apply for an NBA franchise, I think you had to, you had to write a check for a million dollars to go through the process. And that million dollars is non-refundable. So if you don't get the answer, no. I think that's up to ten million now. I wonder what that check is. So you have to write a check for ten million to go through the process. They vet you. uh, They, you know, they go through the whole process with you, and then they vote on it. I think you have to write a check for ten million, and you never get that back. (laughs) That's nuts. You got that in your wallet, Ricky? Right now, no. I I told you I had two dollars and seventy-five cents. That's not going to do. You must have lost on the golf course. <laughs> I hadn't been out, man. So I'm about to. Hey, hey, who you got in the, who you got in the open championship, Mo? Who you like? Uh, uh, who won the the Scottish? Um, McElroy. McElroy finally won over on his soil, yeah. right? Uh, he he won the Scottish Open. Um, I like it. I like him again this week. Yeah, I mean, usually you know, you get on a roll, and those guys are so good they can win a couple in a row, and that's what usually happens. Uh, I think I saw. I think he's 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 uh, paired with somebody in the first round tomorrow that he hates. I think so. That's going to be interesting. Uh, but, I hadn't yeah. seen I hadn't seen the pairing. Yeah, no. I think he's you know because now that you know with the uh, with the uh, with the other uh, with the live tour, yeah, you know, there's friction there. You know, that's going to be interesting. Some of these pairings. Did you hear what he said? He said. <laughs> Do you think you ever playing the Live tournament? He said if the Live was the only tour around, I would retire. Yeah, here's the problem. Any tournament he plays in next year is a Live tournament. So get used to it. The Live, the Live owns the owns the PGA. Yeah. So I think there's still some voting going on or some some. Yeah, they still got to work it out, but there's some investigation too. I think from the government. So, but make the Live has the money to buy the PGA and they will and let the PGA run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, we'll be back Monday. Our regular time uh, for the big fella, Paul Mokeski. I'm Ricky. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Check this show and all our sh- other shows out on believe.com uh, uh, or anywhere you get your podcast, but believe is B L E A V.com for big Mo. I'm Ricky. See you next time. Peace, everybody. Peace out. Talk to you later, Mo. All right, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.